Hey guys, on this episode of EdTech, we're going to be talking with the crew, Ernie Bailey, Rob Raspberry, Scott Tyner, and James King, as we talk about uh, Zoom, its, its back-end integration features, and how this is affecting classrooms. All this and more on EdTech. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is EdTech, episode 93, Zooming Along. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Extron, industry-leading technology backed by world-class support. And by Sennheiser. This is EdTech, the monthly higher ed tech podcast. I'm your host, Bill O'Donnell, and this month I'm joined by Rob Raspberry. How are you, sir? Doing great. Great to be here. Good to see you, sir. Mr. James King, how are you, sir? I'm good. And yourself? Doing well, doing well. Uh, Mr. Ernie Bailey, how are you, sir? I'm doing wonderful. Good. And last but certainly not least, Mr. Scott Tyner, how are you, sir? Doing great, Bill. Good to be here again. All right. So uh, this month's uh, article we're going to be talking about, um, uh, obviously, with uh, the pandemic still going on and the vaccine rollout still uh, happening, um, obviously classes are still going to be doing, uh, what's called high flex or hybrid teaching and everything. So we're still going to be dealing with a lot of, uh, you know, students who are going to be on, uh, zoom or blackboard collaborate, or even teams, uh, if you're, you know, if you're, if your school is set up that way. Um, but today's article is actually going to be coming to us from Scott and it's, uh, from rave pubs and everything. And it specifically is talking about uh, all the uh, some of the back end features, or at least some of the other ends that um, have been kind of packed into Zoom uh, recently that I think uh, are definitely worthwhile for uh, explanation only because uh, a lot of most times with your faculty and everything, it's usually just, oh, wait, can I plug in Zoom into my Blackboard shell? And we're like, yeah, it's, it's, it's an extra couple of mouse clicks and here you go. And there you are. Um, I don't know how to do that on Canvas, only because my school has pretty much sold their soul to Blackboard. So uh, take from that what you will. Anyways, uh, Scott, you want to start off with the uh, article? Yeah, I actually started thinking about this and looking into it. We did a, a little investigation of whether we should be using Teams. <clears throat> we have our Microsoft license for Campus, but we're a Google shop. And so we're, like anybody, thinking about money. And so we started looking at Microsoft and saying, we're paying for it. Should we be using it? variety of reasons we, we chose. It's not the right tool for us. Uh, but then we looked at other things, you know, we're paying for Slack right now. We have a phone system that has some soft phones on it. Um, but when we started to look into Zoom more and more, we realized the, the phone, Zoom phone is actually fantastic. And as you look into it, there's amazing reviews. As I said in the, the article, uh, a number of list, list serves that I'm on, a small college list serve, a large college list serve, a, a telephony one had a surprising number of people who were saying, no, we just switched over to Zoom phone and it was great. There's some question about the cost of it. And I don't know that we've really looked into the cost of it. But the other feature that I was really amazed at is the, the chat functions. We're a heavy, heavy Slack campus. Um, and I was really surprised when you popped into the chat to see the channel features that you can do. Uh, my team was very concerned that uh, gifts were still uh, were still in it, and there are. Uh, that was a, a major deciding factor. Uh, I think it has some some room to grow still, uh, but it it amazes me because 
two years ago, I thought Zoom's a good product, but boy, there's so many video products out there. And it's really interesting to me to see a company who is forward thinking and really thinking about that whole uh, UCC market and how they can uh, move into it. So I don't know if other people have used the phone or not or used chat features, but we're, we're now recommending chat in Zoom over Slack or uh, Gchat. So we, as far as I know, we are using the Zoom phone. I did hear about that. I'm not involved with it, so I don't know the whole setup or much about it. But I do know we did use it for a while, and we might still be using it. Um, my thing is, and I haven't done enough research in this, so Scott, maybe you can answer this, is how does it handle emergency calls? What if you need to call 911? Can it do that? Because I know on our campus, our 911 dials right to our police station, and the police can pull up where that person is. So if I call from my office phone, call 911, it's going to the police station. They know I'm in my office on this floor, in this wing. They, they have that all in their database. Can that be done with the Zoom? Well, if Rob or Ernie actually know the exact answer to that, I, I can answer what we do with other soft type phones, right? Which is, and I do know that Zoom allows you to have a physical phone on your desk. And so when you call, your system can recognize, oh, that's a phone call coming from Scott's office. Now, with that said, I... Uh, and I don't, I don't mean to devalue the need of an emergency, but we will always need landlines. For example, we've got our blue lights, right, where you can hit press and hit an emergency button. But I also think that, and, and I push our infrastructure team to think about this because they, they ask a lot about that as well, James. What about these traditional uses of landlines? Elevators, for example, need that traditional landline. The, sure, there's those, but I think we really have to think about more and more people don't use a desk phone. I, I haven't used a desk phone in, in years. Nobody calls me anymore. Um, I actually put it away, right? So I'm always going to call 911 from a cell phone if I need to. And then how many of us work on campus anymore? So I think there's emergency things you have to think about, uh, but I think you have to be kind of realistic in, in thinking about them now. Well, okay. So <clears throat> one of the things that I know, at least when we were dealing with our own soft phones and everything, and James is right. Um, Yes, uh, it, normally for us, it traditionally goes to our police station. Um, however, I believe at least most of the soft phones usually have to have what's called uh, E911 built into them. So you can, you, you can track it down within like a distinct area and everything. Now, as far as the actual integration of that is, that is going to be where I think you're going to have a lot more conversation with your, your, your uh, telephone folk, your telco folks. Um, because for them, it's a matter of, oh, yeah, well, this used to be, and of course, you know, James, you can point and laugh at me with this one. There was the analog lines, then there was the digital lines, then there was the VoIP lines, and now it's just, you know, oh, here's just like the IP lines. Um, for us, we're in the process of changing over from, we used to have an Avaya switch, and now we've gone like whole hog into Cisco and everything. You know, because everyone drank the the web the uh, WebEx uh, device Kool Aid, and then they're like, "Oh, oh, it can it can integrate into Cisco uh, Call Manager?" And I'm like, "Cool, don't call I, me when these things go kaboom." Yeah, I've actually heard uh, about Cisco, and we are a via shop as well. But I again believe there's talks of switching. 
Yeah. Um, don't know the full details again out of my realm, but I do understand the analog digital void, all that stuff. Yeah. And I know we were uh, Avaya, and I, I have heard Cisco being talked about, but again, don't know any details. Well, it's, it just it, it's yeah, in either case, it's going to be a, a major changeover. Um, so, Scott, one of the things that I was kind of uh, kind of toying around with, um, one of our big winter break projects was uh, we renovated our ballrooms, which, you know, involved quite a bit of cursing and screaming. But thankfully, it wasn't me. It was our contractors doing it because they had to replace a couple of uh, um, 23, uh, 23-foot diagonal screens. Um which might add from daylight, those things are awesome. Um, we got the nice parallax uh, screens and everything. Uh, and they also weigh around 700 pounds. But while we were doing that, uh, we decided to also uh, add in um, from Vadio, we got uh, what's called their AV Bridge Mini. Now, if you guys haven't seen this thing, um, it's about a, it's a half rack size little unit and everything. It's PoE. And uh, for the most part, you can kind of, it's like a USB breakout box on steroids. Um, we were able to get it to play around with Zoom, no problem. Teams, it wasn't an issue. Um, it, it was actually kind of nice because I kept thinking like, oh, okay, here we go. I'm going to have to like get like a driver update or I'm going to have to go into the menu and, you know, start selecting things. No, popped right up. So um, that was kind of an interesting bit. Um, how this comes back to Zoom with everything is um, have you guys – I guess this is the other end of it too. And you guys kind of talked about this in the article a little bit. And that is, you know, things like Teams. Teams is good, but it's internal focused. Whereas Zoom is kind of like our external, is, is kind of our external focus and everything. And I guess that brings it up to where I'm going to bring it to everyone here. Um, when it comes to your your day-to-day duties, has how much of an impact has Zoom had? And of course, with everyone else to be like, oh, well, yeah, we're doing this. Oh, it's done that. Yes. But the, the fun part is, is that for us, every now and then, you know, we have like a board of trustees meeting and I almost want to look and say, oh, well, yeah, well, we want to do stuff on Zoom. And I'm like, are they already in the system? Do they already have a laptop? Yeah. Can't we do this on Teams? And they're like, oh, but it's just easier to just do Zoom. And I'm like, ah, okay. <laughs> it's, I know, Scott's already laughing. He's just like, you poor <laughs> son of a... <laughs> I, I think you hit it right there, Bill, and Scott also hit it on his article, which also I want to say was a great article, Scott, is it just works. It just <laughs> works. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the key. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've got people that much prefer Zoom over anything else. Yes, we're uh, internally uh, for uh, staff and on the hospital side, we're teams based uh the academic side is supposedly blackboard collaborate at least for student facing things but we added zoom at the beginning of collaborate i told some i think i mentioned beforehand may have said it here before we went from zero zoom licenses on march the first i now i'm getting ready to renew a license for 1150 zoom licenses count uh i went from zero to four webinar licenses uh, I've got several of their room connectors so we can tie it into the uh, Cisco hard codec rooms if we need to. Uh, so, uh, yeah. yeah, because Zoom works, <laughs> you know, that it's just that simple. 
it works. It's easy. People know how to use it. They use it at home. Scott mentioned that. You use it at home, you, you know, uh, for family get-togethers, for your church meetings that can't take place in, on site, uh, getting together with your friends, whatever. You know, I, I've got friends who have barbecues outside at their house, and several people will have barbecues, and they'll take their laptop outside uh, with their, <laughs> you know, with the built-in webcam, and they'll have a, you know, neighborhood barbecue without uh, touching each other. So um, I, I, I guess uh, to sort of answer your question, Bill, it's been more, as far as COVID goes, more in a way administrative. Um, we're a little different at, at Drexel because my video collaboration team had already had Zoom and it was like a small, we, we had a person who was a former director that believed in Zoom and and tried to get different departments to buy in, and they bought in and they got a little instance of it. And then a year later, a couple of years ago, they decided to go with an enterprise. So we sort of were ahead of the curve mm -hmm. on that. Um, so initially it was more uh, a staff and, and faculty kind of thing. And then when COVID hit, obviously classes, the students, the usage went up astronomically, but within we were sort of prepared for it. So a lot of our support is students logging in, this kind of stuff, very basic stuff. But what seemed to gain traction was the webinars, uh, Ernie, I think you mentioned that before, the town halls, that kind of stuff, that kind of usage went up quite a bit. And what was interesting, this is sort of weird, is that half my team ended up being remote. So there were only a couple of us on campus so we had to sort of scramble around to go to the president's office to set stuff up or go to the provost's office to set stuff up for, uh, for these, these town halls. But like y'all said, Zoom, just you plug it in and it works. Um, you know, we had some instances where we use Teams, uh, Teams Live, excuse me, which is different than Teams. Don't get the two signals crossed there. And, um, you know, we had some more challenges with that uh with the teams live and we're sort of working on that uh because teams can be a little more teams live can be a little more particular with what you plug into it you know so we had an ab bridge we plugged it into a, a certain town hall had some issues with it but with zoom it just it plug it in it just works it accepts it it's fantastic um and then just to go back briefly uh, scott to your point uh, also people need to understand that the phone platform is different than what you already have with your Zoom regular uh, accounts. You can do a phone call. Uh, you can, you know, a phone can join into a meeting, but the Zoom platform, the phone platform is its own thing. It gives you specific, you know, associates a number with a specific person. Um, we had sort of looked into it, but you really have to, it's really sort of predicated almost on your telecom infrastructure. So we're still, um, we're still, testing that out to see if it's something that might be viable for us. But it's just amazing that Zoom across the board just seems to be pretty much kicking butt. Uh, they are having, we are having some growing pains with add-ins and, and things of that sort. But in general, um, you know, for us, the administration currently and large events has really sort of taken a lot of, lot of our, our resources. Yeah, so that's the thing that we've uh, just in the past couple of days, I've had a couple of like fastballs that have kind of popped up. 
And um, for us, it's it's been kind of like, well, say we want to have a pop-up meeting. I'm kind of looking, I'm going, okay. I'm like, you have room X, Y, and Z. Well, yeah, but say we want to go into this room. And in our case, um, and I, as I say, and Ernie will probably laugh because he's probably dealt with this like I have. Uh, there are certain um, spots that are considered historical buildings. Uh, and in, in the, <laughs> you guys are all nodding your heads like, oh, yeah, yeah, these. So for us, um, the office of the president decided to have the uh, farm manor turned into the office of the president's space. And, you know, imagine like a nice uh, colonial farmhouse that has been slowly updated, but not really. So for originally they said, oh, yeah, we want to have uh, Zoom in, the, in, in uh, uh, the green room and everything. Now, this is all plaster slat board and everything else. And it's, just, well, it's plaster and slats. And I'm just like looking, going like, uh-huh. And they're like, well, yeah, we want to have a display and this and that. And I'm like, cool. So I went and put a system on a, a nice like little pedestal cart system and everything. So it's like all nice and streamlined and everything else. And uh, they simply went, okay, Bill, well, that works for the laptops. Um, but we want to do Zoom in here. And I went, oh, okay. So um, to make life uh, easier for me and for the uh, fine folks in the office of the president, uh, I simply went and got, um, <clears throat> it's from uh, Logitech. It's called the Conference Cam Connect. It pretty much looks like a little, yeah, everyone's kind of nodding their heads here. It looks like, it's, it pretty much looks like about, it's about the size of a soda bottle, but uh, it's kind of just plug, play, here you go. And, you know, I'm not trying to boil my job down to plug and play, but when it comes to Zoom and when it comes to uh, if we were in the corporate world, this would be like C-level executives uh, or high visibility folks. Yeah, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to go and say, oh, yeah, here, guys, uh, we're going to put in um, this WebEx room kit. Oh, OK, cool. Does that do Zoom? Well, it does. If you book it in Outlook and do this, no, 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 no. Just give it to them, plug it in. Plug it into your laptop, plug the laptop up to the uh, TV, have a nice day. Is it the prettiest? No, but guess what? It's a, it's a, it's, it's a farmhouse from the 1700s. I am not, uh, I am not ripping open those walls because uh, there's a, a historical society stuff that I have to deal with that I'm just going, I'm like, nah, I'm not, nah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not busting my brain. I know you're all looking at me going, oh, interesting. And there's some other folks I'm sure that like are going to listen to this podcast and go, wow. Bill, that's either genius or lazy, to which I say it's both. <laughs> we, it's, it's funny how, how schools are different. So we have our students coming back. We had all our students here last semester. We have our students coming back in two weeks. But we have zero meetings on, on campus, zero in-person meetings. They're all done virtually. And so we have – if we've done any work in a conference room, it's to convert it to a classroom uh, just because we need more space. Um, but, you know, going back to your question about Zoom, Zoom, we essentially have a person, our trainer, who has become our Zoom support person. And and like Ernie and others, right, a year ago we had, it's funny to laugh about, we had 25 Zoom licenses that we'd move around. And now we have a site license, so we don't have to worry about it. We have, like you, three or four webinar accounts. Um, but everything for our campus, all meetings are done uh, virtually. So yeah. actually, that's the other thing, Scott, I'm going to ask. And this is something for the, like the entire group. Um, have like, you know, it before it was just like, oh yeah, well, you know, there is that this and this. And now we had, um, we have like one of our part-timers, which his job was just taking care of this one 
you know, record and playback, um, you know, kind of speech presentation training classroom. And now his job has been transformed to where all he does is just handle Zoom and WebEx support. That's it. Like, you know, if it's a large scale meeting, he's always in there like monitoring the thing. Um, if it's a web, if it's a WebEx session or something like that, he's the one pushing the slides and everything. So like the presenter can just be like, oh yeah, next slide. So it's, it is kind of an interesting changeover. And that's just something I want to ask you guys. Like, and I think we've already kind of answered this, but, um, in the future, do you see it where it's like, yeah, one of your staff. Yeah. That's all you're going to be doing now is just handling, you know, zoom support. That's pretty much where we are. You know, we've we've got one guy assigned to basically be Zoom support. Uh, if he needs help, he brings other team members in if he's getting overloaded, but he handles it very well. Uh, a lot of the campuses learn just to, you know, get a hold of him if they need him, mm-hmm. if, if they're going to be doing something. So uh, yeah, it's been very good. Now, one thing that we've decided, we've learned is, you know, because Zoom has been so easy to use and you know, we used to do a lot of uh, what we call, you know, hardware-based video conferencing between our campuses and uh, some of our area health education centers, our regional programs, things like that. But it's gotten so much. And, you know, we were paying an annual maintenance fee to Cisco to keep our firmware updated and make sure <laughs> all of our gear worked. Uh, we are are working to get rid of every piece uh, of, you know, every hardware uh, codec that we've got on the academic side. Yes, they're still needed for telemedicine Mm -hmm. because you've got to plug in a stethoscope or an autoscope or whatever. So they can have, they can have them, uh, you know. It uh, it is kind of crazy to see that we're probably going to be looking at the end of, um, of, well, Okay, there are a couple of areas where I don't think they're going to get rid of uh, the hardware, but it'll be more towards like things on the federal and and DOD realm. Because yeah. if you're like me, uh, um, and this is kind of dating it a little bit, but Yield, Tamburg, and even some of like the Polycom units, they had the huge 25 net pit, net connector and everything, which if you saw this thing, you'd think like, Oh, is that like a printer port? And it's like, no, it's for the military. Just, just leave it be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for the most part, you're going to be seeing, I th- honestly, I would, I would say like, you know, um, ironically, the folks who actually used to be the federal sales portion of uh, Tamburg actually went and found it were the founders of Pexip, um, which if you've ever dealt with them they're they were always all soft codec. Like for them, it was, you know, here we have a software bridge, we have a software codec, this and that. And, you know, obviously now I look at it and I go, uh, Zoom kind of ate your guys' lunch on the on the large scale enterprise side. Yeah. Zoom Zoom made it usable. You know, when we first started looking at those, you know, you didn't have the bandwidth or anything else on the soft codec side from uh, Panberg and Cisco after they bought them out. (laughs) <laughs> uh, now they do now with you know since they've moved it over, moved their soft co- uh, codec over to their webex side and every time i see a new version of it it looks more and more like zoom yeah you know so, uh, we call it zoomified <laughs> uh, my thing is term we use. Uh, <laughs> but we're seeing all the different platforms that we've seen in the past looking like trying to look like zoom and trying to work like zoom uh, but 
yeah, we are, you know, we're going to all, uh, we, we, we're just calling them uh, soft conferencing. We're not calling them Zoom spaces or WebEx or whatever. We're putting in all the same hardware, you know, cameras, microphones, mm -hmm. uh, computers, displays. And then, you know, you run, if, if you're used to using Zoom, great. If you'd rather use Teams, you know, you run the Teams app on the, on the computer. Yeah, that's the thing we've been trying to do, and I've been pushing really hard about this, uh, at least with my bosses, as, as we go, we are software agnostic. If you want to use GoToMeeting, that's by the all means. That's we use as well. Yeah. That's go. the exact term we use. And like I said, we've, we're calling it soft conferencing. Uh, on the yeah. budget request for upgrading rooms, we're saying, you know, we're uh, enhancing the soft conferencing capabilities. And then I explain to the executives what that means and is if I say Zoom, one guy's going to say, but we're, we use Teams. If I say Teams, the other guy's going to say, we use Zoom. Yeah. But if I say, we do soft conferencing, I don't care which one of them you use, we can make any of them work uh, with the hardware that we're putting in. Yeah. No, I, same way, Aaron. I think that I feel more higher ed is focused like that, and corporate is more narrow and streamlined. Um, so, yeah, we... We actually talked about this um, the other day, a couple of us, about room PCs and having that. And then it comes down to, well, who takes ownership? And I was kind of shocked by that because, I mean, I come from IT in higher ed, and it just came natural that IT took care of it. And I'm assuming that might be the same with you guys, but I guess in the corporate world, it's once they put a room PC in, it's all pointing fingers at who manage it. Here, it's IT does it. That's just what we do. It's the wonderful world of fiefdoms. And um, this is one of these kind of interesting things. Like, funny enough, just coming back to how we were doing stuff with our ballrooms, um, our ballroom folks actually charge folks for a tech. And uh, for them, they're like, oh, we treat it all the same and this and that. And I kind of go, guys, like, if you do this internally, all you're doing is just slushing money from one pot to the other. I'm like, that's not really, I was like, that's not really doing much. And if anything, that's actually turning off, like, internal customers to uh, to use to use the, the space. Like, if it's external, yeah, fine, whatever. But internal-wise, it's like, guys, it's all the same stuff. It's all the same infrastructure. And truth be told, when, you know, they have the hamana, hamana, hamana moment, they're all calling us anyway. Yeah. So and, and I and I don't charge anyone for my for my time. So it's yeah, it's it's an interesting bit of when it comes into who owns what. For us, it turns into okay, well here's the easy bit. Do you want us to repair it? Yeah. Okay, then you're gonna let us spec it and bring it to our standards. Oh, but I saw this deal and I'm like, you can do that. And you can deal with, you know, the the the, the troubleshooting and everything. I'll come in and say yeah, um, your PC's dead. Oh, but but we buy we bought it. Have fun talking to Dell. I'm you know I'm it's it's it, that's now that's the short and sweet sledgehammer, but for us it's it's a it's a it's it's a control thing, but it's also a standardization thing, which uh, Ernie you can appreciate, which yeah. both we, you and you, you guys can appreciate. We do exactly the same thing, and you know our policy is you know if you have your departmental conference room and you want it, you want us to help you maintain it, design it. We'll, we'll give you a design and, you know, you can pay us to put it all in. Uh, you, well, you're not really paying us, you're buying the equipment. We don't charge for our labor or anything like yeah. that. But, uh, 
and here's the deal. If you, once you get it up to our standard, we'll maintain it. And if you make it available to the campus, put it on the campus scheduling system that we work very closely with and other departments can use it. And it's not behind more than two locked doors. <laughs> okay. That's a good one. Uh, so it's accessible to other departments without, you know, a hassle. Then we will handle up upgrades uh, of the hardware as well. You know, we'll put it into our rotation. So, you know, in seven years, your display is replaced or in three years, your document camera is replaced, whatever. You know, we, we maintain uh, life cycles for all the different pieces of equipment and we'll keep it current as long as it is a true campus resource and not your departmental resource. You want to keep it in your department, we'll still help you maintain it and tell you what you need to do. But every time you need something new, you buy it, not us. Yeah. We, um, we're kind of the same way, like Ernie, like we'll help anybody out, but a lot of offices or conference rooms that are in within a department area, the department buys the equipment, we specs it, we say this is what you should do. PCs are college purchase them. Actually, to even if a department wants to buy a PC, IT needs to approve it. So they actually have to send it to IT saying, we need this computer, and IT has to approve it or deny it for whatever reason. Uh, Ours is you buy it, you buy the PC from the IT department on campus. You know, we our, we've got an asset management team that uh, does all the IT purchases for the entire campus. If you don't want the brand that we buy, there's a tax added to it, usually like $500 if you want an off-brand computer for, you know, and we've got researchers that, you know, for their uh, grants or whatever, have to have something very specific and their grant is charged an additional $500 for them to have that particular PC. Because, you know, uh, we're a Dell house and every one of our, everyone on IT is Dell certified. We can do warranty repair, repairs, replacements. We maintain uh, replacement parts on campus. So most things can be fixed in an hour or so. What he doesn't tell folks is that it's literally labeled as a PETA fee. <laughs> <laughs> But there going back go. to the ownership thing, we actually, kind of like your ballroom bill thing is, yeah. we have a uh, campus center theater, and we had many hands in that room. Our performing arts center would have events there, and they would set up the equipment one way. And then our production people would have events there, and they would set the equipment up completely different. And then the AV team would always get called and go, nothing's working. And so we actually rendered, it really needed to be upgraded and stuff. So I did the whole design, equipment purchase, install, and I made it clear to them. I'm like, look, this is how it's set up. I brought both teams in. I'm like, tell me how you need to use the space. And we met both of their needs. And then I'm like, any issues, funnel them for me or our department. So we have a central location of who's handling any fixes instead of, you know, the performing art people going, okay, well, I need the uh, amps at 90 dB and the production is like, oh, no, we need to put them at 20 dB, like, you know, like setting mm -hmm. different things. Now everything's unified and actually knock on wood, we have less calls. 
So, so for us, and this is what we've kind of done is um, just to make life easier for everybody. Um, because, and you know, Rob can point and laugh with this one and everything. It can be, okay, that's great that this room can do this, but I need X, Y, and Z and I need this feed or I need this. And, you know, for us, we already have cameras up, uh, up in the room, but from a production standpoint, they're like, you know, bird's eye views, which is like cool, but they don't really use them all that much. However, one of the big things that we did build in so that there's not like, you know, looks like a spaghetti monster flying out, a spaghetti monster coming out of the control booth is that we went and put Dante drops in every single uh, section of the ballroom. And for us, it was really easy to convert over because we already had network drops to begin with. So it was just, oh, here, I'll change out the wall plate. Boom. So now when the production folks have to do stuff, they're still going to come in and still use their cameras and everything, but they don't have to go and get, uh, um, they don't have to bring in their DAs anymore. It's just literally, oh, um, hey, Bill, like what feed, what feed is this? And I go, oh, it's this one. And we already have a guy who, you know, is, uh, is like, you know, he has like level three certification with Audinate and everything. So for him, it's, oh, here, we'll, um, you know what? He's like, let me check the Dante uh, domain. All right, I'll just route this to that, this to this. And we have a, a BSS unit that has a, a Dante output uh, card on the thing. So he can take whatever, he, you know, he can take whatever feed he wants. And we don't even, I don't even lose sleep about it anymore. Um, but just coming back to it, the fun one is that, um, and we already have to start hammering this out, is that we put in the AV bridge or the AV mini bridge. And they said, oh, that's cool. So what if I just wanted to, if the faculty just wanted to bring in their laptop and just plug it into the screen and have a Zoom session, how do we do that? And I'm like, I kind of looked at everything and I went, Okay, so that's a USB three extender and this, and I'm like, that's like almost, I, I told the guys, I'm like, that's an extra automatic 10 grand. And they're like, but, but we just did this. And I'm like, yeah. And the idea was we would have someone controlling it and running this. Cause I'm like, guys, as much as you want this to be an interactive session and this and that, I said, the moment you have, you know, five wireless microphones and the projector and the laptop and they have the content. I'm like, guys, just either have someone else, uh, you know, be up in the room kind of running the thing because that is a production as much as you're like, Oh no, this is go. This is just click and go. And I'm like, no guys, like you're, you're most of your faculty are comfortable with, okay, start zoom and go. And I'm not, and I'm not knocking them. Think of it this way. You're talking about folks who have, MFAs or PhDs or at least a master's or something like that, they're very focused with their stuff. And usually they're going to have enough time to get to their classroom, uh, you know, log in, set up stuff and go, um, you know, for them to all of a sudden go, oh, wait, I have to remember to do X, Y, and, the, and Z. It's like, no, 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 guys, just, just our job is not to complicate it. Our job is to, is to make the faculty just be able to go do their gig and not even think twice about things. Like our job is to make their lives easier, not more complicated. But once again, that's my soapbox. I'm going to get off this. I'm just going to quickly mention that we have one space um, that we've upgraded so that uh, when you go to the touch panel, there's an event side mm -hmm. and then there's a classroom side. And the classroom side is very like plug and play, very simple so that you can separate the two so that if something's more complicated, you know, you're in a different menu and it's already set up and ready to go. So you're absolutely right. There is a distinct difference between people who have that event 
mentality and an event kind of setup versus a classroom setup. So, you know, you do have to make people understand that in a large auditorium or ballroom, it's going to be more, you know, the event set up versus where you walk in with your, you know, on your laptop and plug in Zoom and go. So that's a great point, though. Yeah. So I take our large space and I kind of simplify them and mm -hmm. then add features for event people. Like our main event room and our uh, board of trustees area, which is a flex area as well, they kind of, you can combine them into one huge room. <laughs> then they can hit a button and use the system. Mm -hmm. Use a house microphone. It's all standard, just like a normal classroom. In fact, we're actually, because it's a large spaces, we use them for distance ed right now for classes who are have physical students and Zoom. And a teacher can walk in and use the system, no problem. But then when we have our board meetings or we have a student organization that have events, if they ever do again, and other things going on, there's features that our production team can go into the tech panel and make it more advanced for those people. But it right out the gate, it's a one button turn on system, like even the one room has two projectors, that button turns on both, turns off both, it controls both. If they want to be separate, the projectors, they need to bring in a production team to actually control the two sources. Yeah, it's as I say, like I said, guys, it's it's one of those things. Um, I think as as vaccination rolls out and everything, and as you know, some sort of normality comes around and everything, um, I, I tend to think that the the amount of work that we've put into our classrooms they're not getting dismantled if anything they're going to say it'll end up being good leave that in there now you will probably have some faculty who are going to go oh great cool i hated it and no that's it's listen it's the nature of the beast i mean god help us there are still i, I still deal with some faculty who still have transparency slides and who still every now and then go, well, how do I do this? And I go, okay, you see the doc cam? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was just for Zoom. No, it's a doc cam. All you have to do is just angle it down now instead of angle it up. And you can still do all the same stuff that you were doing before. Oh, okay. And, you know, it's, it's going to take some, it, it'll be a little bit of adjustment. But there will be still some faculty who are going to go, oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just always building that in. Um, because some of them just, some of them didn't even break stride with things. Some of them actually just said, yeah, no, I'm recording all my Zoom sessions now. Uh, reason being is that, you know, my students can't go and say, oh, I didn't know, I wasn't there for this, or, oh, I didn't know this. It's on the, it's on the website. There you go. You have no excuses for failure now. So, yeah. Anyways. So, yeah, go ahead. That brings me up to something, as Scott mentioned, Zoom has become almost like this platform for you see, which is great. I've actually, I was talking with somebody and who gave me a, a, a idea that I actually might be trying to work on a proof of concept. I wonder if maybe you guys should do this. Mm -hmm. Instead of purchasing, you know, wireless a streaming device, why don't you use Zoom, share screen from your device. Join the room PC, your personal device in Zoom. It's so easy. Have you guys done that? We, we've not done it in a, yeah, in a classroom. 
Yeah. I mean, no, instead of, ahead, you know, having like an Apple TV or a Solstice pad, just turn on the Podium PC, turn on your device and connect in. Yeah, so there's actually, and, and I'll have to look into this because we have these Poly X50 cards that are uh, attached to interactive um, NEC displays uh, mm -hmm. for our Hyplex version in some of our classrooms. And, you know, you can get a sharing key uh you know through that so that if there's some uh, students actually in the classroom they can use the sharing key sort of like a solstice or how yeah. that yeah. um so what i don't know and, and maybe scott or ernie or, or yeah, bill or james you can chime in on this i don't know if you can do that with like the regular zoom version i know in the zoom room you can do that and it's set up so that you can do that within the classroom and it works great um, so, you know, maybe if they change that iteration a little bit, or I don't know if it's available in a regular Zoom meeting, then you're, you're right, James, that would be sort of the way to go. So that's the interesting little bit, and this is something else I want to ask you guys. So um, I found out through talking with our IT folks that they went with uh, the WebEx hardware because originally they found out, oh, well, we were going to go Zoom rooms, but we have to pay per room licensing fee. And so <laughs> Rob's already nodding his head. So that's why they went with the WebEx hardware. Now, for me, I kind of looked at it and I'm like, guys, like we could have just, and, and, you know, of course they said, oh, well, Bill, we saw like uh, Crestron makes a, a, a Zoom uh, setup and everything. So what's that? And I looked into it and I'm like, guys, it's just a mini PC. I'm not, I'm not knocking on Crestron for, for yeah. that kind of setup. I go, yeah, cool. Um, for, for what we want to do, I, I told the guys, I'm like, guys, it's a lot easier just to get either. I'm like, if you really want to get into the nuts and bolts of it, I'm like, I said, either you guys, I said, you know, I was like, if it's a small huddle space, I'm like, yeah, the WebEx will work fine. I'm like, but having to add in the Outlook invite and make it a, you know, make it a, a invitable space and all sorts of stuff. I'm like, that's extra steps. I said, the easy route is, you know, see what, you know, like your poly, like uh, Rob, like your Polycom, was it the X50? Um, you know, your Polycom X50 unit um, or something from like Logitech or even like Vadio and a couple other ones. Um, now, you know, are they the best their stuff? No, but they work. And that's one of those, like, it's kind of one of these fun bits that we've kind of talked here is like, you know, oh, it's good enough. I'm like, well, okay, for what you want to do, this works. Um, just recently, our, uh, recently, we, we had like this quick patch in uh, system with our, you know, board of trustees folks. And then later on they said, hey, is it possible if we could have uh, um, uh, ceiling mics in this space? And I looked at the guys. Now the room is like 40 feet long by 20, by like 40 by 20. So it's a big shoebox. And I looked at the guys and I'm like, guys, like even though the ceiling's not that high, I'm like, you're, you're looking at a boatload of ceiling mics. And they're like, well, I'm sure you'll come up with something. And the back of my brain went, yeah, I will come up with something. And that is, I'm going to go and get the Shure ceiling tile uh, uh, drop-in mic. And I'm just going to get two of them. And I'm going to go, here you go. And then, you know, stick it with, oh, you really want that? Yeah, it's going to be 10K. And they'll, you know, they'll, their jaw will drop. And I'll go, you guys wanted this. But once again, I'm not baking my brain with this thing. Now, you know, it might turn into where we end up getting like the 710 or something like that, which if you've seen it and... I have to laugh. Josiah, Joe Way uh, showed this off to me uh, in one or two of his uh, spaces and everything. And it's, you know, it's the big honking bar. 
But at the same time, the nice part is, is that it's Dante enabled. So it's just network drop. Have a nice day. Here you go. Whatever. Um, I mean, I would love to go with those routes. I even looked at uh, Sam Audio, who kind of has a similar, but they are more economic uh, friendly financially. But still, like I was looking at one of our classrooms to do a Sam Audio system in there. Like you said, Bill, it's you're looking at at least two grand. Oh, for yeah. that and that's on the cheap end mm-hmm. and it's like how do you justify that <laughs> yeah it's it's one of those bits where um and, and actually this is the, kind of the other fun bit um so one of the things that we used to have uh for the production folks was uh this thing um where they would actually have the catch box which was you know if you saw the thing it's a cool little device you you know you put the um micro the mic uh transmitter um, into this unit and everything, and it had like a little accelerometer. So when you tossed it, you didn't; it would automatically mute, and some of this other stuff. And it's cool. Um, in the era of COVID, uh, that thing is that thing is staying on the shelf until further notice. Yeah. Uh, however, the thing I saw that uh, Biamp did, which I was like, that's a smart move on their part, is uh, they actually bought this company. Uh, if I remember right, I believe it's like uh, Talk Everywhere or Mike Everywhere. Um, Pretty much, it was it was is essentially this little um, it's a little box that has a XLR output and a network input, and what it does is they have an app that you can download on the App Store, whether it's Apple or Google or whatever, and um, pretty much it turns everyone's smartphone as long as it's you know on the same Wi-Fi network and everything, you can actually go and uh, control everyone like basically everyone can use their smartphone as a mic in the audience. Which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, crowd mics. That's what it is. Yeah. Sorry. It was, it was one of those ones where I'm like, I'm like, Biamp did a really smart job with that because. Uh, Yeah. yeah, I've actually looked at them. Um, I've heard that it's not polished yet. I haven't actually demoed it or anything. I just talking to a couple of people. I heard it's not polished yet, but it sounds like everyone I talked to is sitting on their heels waiting for it to get polished. And I think Biamp is polishing it. Yeah, it's one of those things in that um, from a perspective of, you know, we're still good. It's one of those things where I'm looking at it going like, yeah, COVID's going to be kind of spurring a couple of these things along. Um, whereas, you know, if we weren't, it would still just be like, oh, yeah, here, like the catch box or, you know, here, we'll just have a mic out in the audience. Um, things of that nature. But like I said, it's one of those, you know, for folks who it's like who are we're. we're Eventually, when it gets down the line, I think it'll be kind of a cool thing. Now, do I see that being used for, for you know, Zoom or anything like that? No. <laughs> when it comes to, like, large-scale events like that, it's still going to be, you know, you're still going to have a production folks who are going to be handling all that, and you'll still have someone, you know, Rob will be yelling at someone being like, get over there, get over to that, you know, go cover that person. Why isn't, you know, why don't we have someone over there? Yeah, exactly. But like I said, it's it's just one of those uh, fun bits that uh, I got a kick out of. Um, that being said, guys, we are coming up to uh, a bit of uh, time here. So uh, just to wrap everything up, folks, um, I'm going to go around the room. Folks, where can, I was going to say, Rob, we'll start with Rob. Where can the fine folks find you at? LinkedIn, best spot. Yep. There you go. James? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, AV underscore James King. You can find me on LinkedIn, James King. Or you can also find me on the higheredav.com media group where I write in uh, IT and AV. There you go. Mr. Ernie Bailey? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Oh, there you go. And always, Mr. Scott Tyner, where can the fine folks find you at? Uh, you can find me at LinkedIn or uh, Twitter at S Tyner. And uh, as we talked about today, uh, the columns for Rave Pubs. Well, there you go. I'm Bill O'Donnell. You can find me on uh, usually on LinkedIn, uh, occasionally on Twitter. I'm going to be on a bit of a hiatus for a couple of weeks. But uh, that being said, once again, this is EdTech, the monthly higher ed tech podcast, part of the Aviation family of podcasts. As always, this is EdTech.